I could not pull punches on this one, mostly because there are people out there using quote-unquote heart-centered marketing to punch us in, well, in our hearts. So I asked Vince the hard questions when it comes to heart-centered marketing in today's episode. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, and I am incredibly pleased to have Vince Warnock back on the podcast for his second episode. And we are going to talk about heart-centered marketing, bringing ethics and morality back into marketing. So Vince, thanks again for joining me. Oh, thanks again for having me back. I just, ah, we had so much fun. (laughs) And I just want to let everybody who's listening know that Vince is an award-winning business and marketing strategist. He's a coach and author, and he's the host of his own podcast, the Chasing the Insights podcast. So be sure to check out those links in the show notes and definitely check out his previous guest episode just before this one, where he talks about his entrepreneur journey and how he got started in the marketing space in a very accidental, unintentional way, like many of us do. It's so it's, It warms my heart so much that so many of us have just kind of made our space in marketing. But we always dive right into the topic on these episodes. But if you want to know more about him, please go listen to that episode. So Vince, we said heart-centered marketing. And I, I will tell you, right? So I've, I, you know, you're on Facebook, I'm on Facebook, and we're in these groups and stuff. Yep. And there's something happening around this phrase of heart-centered marketing. So I'm super happy to hear, you know, that this is something that matters to you. So first, what I want to ask you yep. before I reveal some of the other stuff that I feel like I'm hearing lately, but what does the phrase heart-centered marketing mean to you? People, I think, use it and, it, you know, they don't necessarily define it. So I think definition is absolutely important. Yep. So what does it mean to you? Uh, I do too, Ruthie. And mainly because, yeah, you're right. A lot of people use the term when it's not in an authentic way. So heart-centered entrepreneurs, heart-centered marketing to me is really simple. It is people that want to impact rather than want to make money. And this is the weird thing about it is the the more impact you make, the money will follow anyway. But if you genuinely have a desire to serve rather than to sell, to to be able to help the other person rather than just to get money from them, then that's what a heart-centered entrepreneur is to me. Heart-centered entrepreneur wants to leave their mark on the world. They want to make people better than when they first engage with them, not just your bank balance a lot bigger. Mm, Yes, that's perfect. We have an episode that came out at the beginning of this year called Revenue as a Result. Yes. So that's that's what I called that in terms of looking at your metrics for impact. Like it's an ecosystem of metrics that can help you measure your impact and like the health of your business. Revenue is one of them. Yep. But, you know, focus instead on how many people or organizations you help this year. And then, you know, if you're a business that works with businesses who work with people or other businesses, right? What do their metrics look like as a result of working yeah. with you? And, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. 
Okay, wonderful. All right, so that's perfect. I love it. What I have been hearing, right? There's a couple of things that I've noticed just even looking at the Facebook ads that show up <laughs> in my feed because I, I would think that I'm one of these heart-centered marketers um, or heart-centered business owner. But I've noticed that we've got people who are building messaging or building brands around being the antithesis to like the bro marketer, which is, you know, a mistake for other reasons, but also people who are building their businesses around this concept of heart-centered marketing because it resonates with so many people. Right. Yeah. But because you have so much like experience in this space, I'm wondering if you have any tips yeah. or anything like questions to ask or or things to consider for recognizing when a coach, a consultant, or another type of professional in this space is using heart-centered marketing as more of a proper a facade versus when, you know, ethics and impact are an integral part of yeah. their business. Because that is what I've been hearing is people are like, oh, another person saying like something like heart-centered marketing yeah. when in reality they don't mean it. They're paying their people as low as possible. They're, you know, providing poor customer experiences or client experiences <laughs> still. So how yeah. can we recognize these people? Preferably before we've invested four or five figures. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I think the key thing, Ruthie, is actually to look for the red flags. And there are a lot of red flags, honestly. Um, first thing, first red flag you need to look out for is false promises. And by that, I mean, and, and you've got to ask yourself some really hard questions about that because those false promises are designed to speak to your insecurities. They're designed to speak to your needs. A good example of this, I had a client who was going to sign with me. She actually was, she's amazing. In fact, she is my client now, but um, she was at the point where she was really, really struggling. She had two, basically, children with developmental issues. She had a husband who had had a stroke. She was trying to build her business while managing all this and basically looking after the entire household. So she was, you know, struggling, came to me and said, I just don't think I, I can afford to use your services, but I really want to. And I said, well, how about this? I believe in what you're doing. She's a super talented woman. I said, I believe in what you're doing. How about I help you to get your next bunch of clients and you get you in a position where you can't afford this. So that way I can stand in your corner and help you. And she's okay. So we worked out she needed three more clients. I don't do this with everyone, by the way. <laughs> so, but I really sure, did believe yeah, in, that makes sense. Yeah, I did believe in what she was doing. So uh, she needed, she worked out she needed three more clients. So over-delivered in the period of the next two weeks, we got a five new clients. And then she just vanished and she disappeared. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's unusual. And she was ghosting me and I thought, okay. And, and I started getting really worried. I'm like, is she okay? Because I know she's dealing with a lot of stuff. Every call I had with her, she was basically sitting there in track pants and a t-shirt with, you know, spilled stuff on it from her kids. Uh, here wasn't done. She said to me, I haven't showered in a week. I've just got no time in the day. And then, so I reached out just to see that she was all right and make sure she was okay. Then finally, she came back to me and she said, look, I'm so sorry, Vince. I feel like I've let you down. Yes, you signed me those five clients. I really appreciate it. But my old coach came to me and pitched something to me and I said, yes. And I was like, okay, look, you need to do what's best for your business. I don't hold any grudges for that. I mean, I helped her. That's a good byproduct of working with her. So that's cool. So she went off with this other coach. And then about probably a couple of months later, she came back to me and said, can I jump on a call with you? And I said, yep. And she goes, first of all, I need to apologize. She goes, I'm an idiot. And I went, what? And she goes, I'm an absolute idiot. She goes, I should have signed with you, but I signed with this person instead. And I said, well, first of all, you're not an idiot. I said, why did you sign with them? Talk me through the process. And she signed with them because the woman's 
package that she was selling, this, this offering, was be the CEO of your own business in three days a week. And I said, see, you're not an idiot. You did exactly what you need right now. You went, your body and your brain is going, hey, I have no time in the day. I don't even have time to shower. I don't have time to, to get dressed or anything. I'm just trying to manage and get by. And you're desperately looking for that relief. So your brain immediately went to where that need is and responded based on what she had sold you. And I said, and she said, yeah, but it didn't work. I, you know, I, I basically, she signed up for the program and then got ghosted from them. They hardly ever engaged with her. She got no one-to-one time whatsoever with the person that's running it. She got time with her assistant, which was basically a glorified VA. Uh, and they were trying to coach her and she knew more than the VA did. It was just a mess of a program. And I said, maybe they were already trying to be this three day, whatever. So that's why they weren't talking to her. Look, you've done nothing wrong here. You did exactly what you should have done. They were the ones that let you down. They sold you a false promise. They told you that you could do this business in three days a week, but didn't give you any tools, any methodologies, anything to actually bring that to life. So that is a red flag for me. That wasn't her being stupid. And she signed with me. She's doing really well now, which is awesome. But it was, that's like, she's not the idiot there. The idiot is the program itself. It's the person that, despite saying they're heart-centered, knows that they're signing up people that they're not going to serve, knows they're signing up people that they're mm-hmm. not going to be there for, or they've sold people on a promise. Uh, and or I'm going to I'm gonna name and shame here for a moment, Ruthie. I'm not going to apologize for this. But Russell Brunson is one of the nicest guys. If you ever get a chance to meet him, he is genuinely sweet. I love the guy to bits. I cannot stand what he has built with ClickFunnels. <laughs> and the reason for that is, There's a couple of things. First of all, the technology itself, I have massive issues with. There's speed issues, there's privacy issues, the whole pile of issues around that. That aside though, the thing I don't like is the false promise that is sold. Now, he is very clear. They have this whole mantra, you are one funnel away. So you're one funnel away from prosperity. I was just about to say, but Vince, we're all one funnel away, Vince. Exactly. But this is the thing, and and this speaks to people where they're like, I'm putting all this effort and this work in, I want this success. And this is not people being greedy. In some cases, it's people being desperate. And they're going, I just, I've been doing this for so long. I need that breakthrough. And you've got someone there saying, well, you're one funnel away. Now, if you listen to what Russell's saying, he actually says you're not actually one funnel away, despite that being all their marketing. He's saying you've got to work at it. You've got to tweak it. You've got to redesign it. You've got to do all these things. But people are buying into the the two Common Club X program. They're buying into all these things, paying very big money Mm -hmm. to go in there to get good support. Don't get me wrong. Like the team there are actually really, really good but they're not getting what was promised on the box. They're not one funnel away from that success. And I know this because a lot of my one-to-one clients are actually people that have gone through that program, invested all this money, had no results and come back and went, I don't know what went wrong. And I said, well, let's strip it back to basis. I take them through what I call a code red protocol, where we actually strip back every assumption about the audience and their messaging and we test these. We do it in an incremental way. We're not one funnel away. We're these micro incremental uh, steps away. And then you get other people that promise you that if you create a digital course, guess what? You are now going to be super rich. Or if you create a quiz, then you're going to have thousands and thousands of leads coming to you. But what they don't tell you is they can do that because they've got all of you as their audience. They can create a quiz and all of you go, wow, because you're in their environment. Or you can create a five-day challenge and that's going to make you, I think the latest one I saw, someone said a five-day challenge where they made $500,000 in five days. I'm like, you did not make $500,000 in five days. I know because you've only had a thousand people in your course and all of them did, definitely did not sign oh, in the challenge and all of them definitely did not sign with you. So it's look for the red flag of the false promise. Look for anything where they're almost implying that they guarantee you a result. That's number one. 
Number two, and this doesn't involve talking to that person at all, I actually talk to the people that are in the program. I try and find people that are in there. And what I'm asking them is simple because not every program is perfect and not every program is designed for you. And that's Mm A-OK. But what I look for is, what is the type of access that you get to this person? Do you feel isolated and alone? Because if you do, then that is not heart-centered. If you are feeling like you've signed up for something and you're an outsider there, that nobody's checking in on you, that nobody's um, you know, seeing what kind of help you need or anything like that, even if it's done through one of their team, if you're not getting any of that kind of connection, then the only thing they cared about is that you paid your bills. And then the other red flag I always look for, Ruthie, is what's in the terms and conditions and actually having an upfront conversation with the person about it. Because I've seen this too many times and I really almost want to name and shame this one, but I won't do that because... Yes, I'm trying to help them to sort this out now. But there, I had a number of clients come to me where they had signed up for a sales program. And they were with this coach who is a legend in the sales industry. Honestly, really, really amazing coach in that aspect. But all of them went through a transition. Mm -hmm. One of them was facing bankruptcy because their husband lost their job and a whole pile of other stuff happened. So they went back to that coach and said, look, I'm, I'm not in a position to be able to continue to pay for this. And the coach turned around and said, well, you signed the contract. You're going to keep paying. Otherwise, I'll you know take legal action. And you're like, hang on a minute. Since when does a heart-centered entrepreneur not show compassion? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. And then the other one had pivoted their whole business and it wasn't actually relevant anymore. And again, you signed the contract. And so it was just this awkward thing of going, this person sold this whole program on being heart-centered, but in actual fact was just after your money. And you know they're only after your money because why would they let you pay for something that you're not getting value out of. I've actually fired someone from my group program before. That sounds really harsh. I've released them from my group program before, but not because they're a terrible person or anything like that, but because I knew that they weren't getting any value out of what I'm teaching. And mainly because they needed a whole pile of work around their mindset first, because I would give them, like they literally, this was so frustrating, Ruthie, they literally had clients in front of them saying, I really want to work with you, but they still still couldn't transition that client to paying. Because they're in their mindset, they were so stuck going, well, they're saying that, but they don't actually believe it. So I gave them an ultimatum and said, look, you do the work or I'm going to have to release you because I don't want you paying for something just for the sake of paying for it. And in the end, they couldn't get past that. So what I did was I freed them up. I said, you're no longer part of the program. Take the money you would be investing in me and go and work with a mindset coach. And I put them with a mindset coach that I trust so they could get the breakthrough, knowing that at one point, once they've got that breakthrough, they will come back to me and I can help them grow their business. So heart-centered entrepreneur is about putting you and impacting you first rather than the finances. The best way to do that is look at the terms and conditions, talk to the people that are in there and look for those red flags. They are every, you can spend five minutes on Facebook and you'll see red flags all over Facebook from different people. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. I would like to point out for anybody who's listening, right? I feel like we're, I don't know if we're entering the era or we've just been in the era of the like Swiss army knife coach right? Like they're a business coach, but like, you know, (laughs) like you just said, you were like, Hey, I'm going to release you from my program. Take that money and go hire a mindset coach. When I feel like nine out of 10 business coaches will be like, I can help you with your mindset too. Right. (laughs) And it's like, stay in your lane, Um, home slice. (laughs) You know, like if that's not your lane, then (laughs) then stay out of it because you're doing like you're doing a disservice to you because you're pulling yourself out of your zone of genius and where you've got all these resources and assets and stuff that you've developed. But then you're also doing a disservice to that person. And I just want to highlight that part of that story that you just told, you know, regarding that, like you were like, hey, go find, right? Like that person's not me, go find. (laughs) 
I found this through the, I found this in my group program. So one of the things that came up was productivity. Yeah. Right? And I hate the term productivity because of the, the guilt that goes behind it. You know, like people feel like they've got to be productive 24 seven. No, you don't. You have to be intentional. It's a very different kind of focus from productivity. But I can teach on intentionality. I've created the full intention planner. I teach a bit about my journey with that. But people were in the stage where they're like, I don't know how to prioritize some of this stuff. And I'm like, well, I could help them. But if I was helping them with this, how bad would it be when I know that I struggle in this area as well? <laughs> like, how am I going to teach them that when I can't actually manage that properly myself? And I realized- Wait, I have- you don't just need to be one step ahead, Vince? Oh, no. Uh, no, you got to be multiple steps ahead, many multiple steps ahead. But, but one of the things I did was I realized I have a productivity coach. Well, I don't like calling her a productivity coach, but I have someone that speaks into that into my life. And what I did was I thought, I'm going to do two things here. Number one, I'm going to actually bring them in as a guest within my program. I'm going to say, I'm not an expert on this. This person is, they're going to teach you. And the person I use is, honestly, she's amazing. So she came and did a session with them, blew them all away. And then what I did was I negotiated a special deal with her to say, look, you know, if any of my academy program want to sign with you, I will help to subsidize that. So therefore, if any of them needed that productivity work, they could get the additional work from her, but knowing they're still part of the program and things as well. I just think, I genuinely think, why would you teach something that you don't know? I've had this before. I was with a coach that tried to teach me something that I realized I knew way more about it than they did. And it was a very awkward conversation. Ooh, okay. I absolutely love that. And also just another thing to highlight, right, about what you described. This is a thorough vetting process, right? Which requires critical thinking, monitoring your emotional state, not getting taken on any of these sales calls, right? Because these people will get you on a call. They'll say it's a discovery call or a clarity call or whatever, but it's a sales call. And they try to (laughs) bum rush you to your credit card, take your number. And you, but by the time the call's done, you're like, geez, what did I just do? I don't, which way is up? Which way is down? Yep. It does. I I know Vince. It happened to me. It happened to me. Oh yeah. Um, that bill shock but yeah, happens so I think often. that's the other thing is like what <laughs> yeah. you're describing here is a very critical yeah. process <laughs> yeah. where you know you yeah. you admit so yeah. far you like what you're seeing, but you intentionally build in ways to poten- like to potentially poke holes. Like I am looking for the dirt at this point, not because yeah. I yeah. want to 100%. find out this person is terrible, yeah. but I'm I'm just trying to really round out my understanding of who this person yeah. is, what they're offering what their strengths are. And I just absolutely love that. Yeah. I was going to say, don't even, don't even think about it as looking for their weaknesses in a sense. But what you're doing is you're looking to see that it's the right fit. Because I'm very aware. I remember speaking at a conference. I think it actually was a two comma club um, thing. But speaking at a conference where you get up on stage and you're, you know, I'm very heart-centered. I'm very about making sure that people are okay. I'm very much about your own personal journey and all these kind of things. And you would have that. And then you have another speaker who's very aligned with it. And then the next one comes out and they're like, yeah. And they're like, can I get a whoop? And I'm like, no, you really can't. Um, so, but <laughs> I, I watch them. They come out there with this bro marketing attitude and it's all energy and momentum and you pull your head out of your ass and blah, 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 and all this. And I'm going, this is irritating me. This is really grinding me, you know, and especially when one of them speakers started talking about his wife really negatively. He's like, I'm like, bitch, please. I'm like, don't ever speak about it. Like, it just really grieved me. And I'm like, this person, I don't like this person. I would never sign with this person. But, I'm also aware that there are a pile of people in that room that probably needed to hear what they had to say. And there were people that are aligned with that. They're not heart-centered, but they're very much the people that I need that boot up the backside or I need someone to come along and slap me in the back of the head. You're not going to get that from me. You're going to get support. You're going to get things. So I realized there's different people for different people. 
So you're trying to find the right fit. But if you are heart-centered, you've got to make sure that the person that you're connecting with is genuinely heart-centered. So, And you you brought up an interesting point, Ruthie, which I think uh, is something to really drive home. It's on those calls, you can get really caught up on those sales calls. So don't make a decision on those calls. Always just take on board the information and walk away and see. And you've got to ask yourself, what was that call like? How did I feel at the end of it? Because a lot of times, some of that in, the, the inauthentic stuff that they bring, some of that non-heart-centered stuff that they bring is really making you feel a little sense of guilt at the end of it. It's like, you know, what's stopping you from signing up with me right now? Yep. You know, yep. and then you go, well, it's about the money, but what are you, what are you saying no to? You know, what are the results? You're saying no to the result that you could have for the, they're kind of forcing you into this position. They do. So, so don't say yes on that call. Never, ever go away and assess that call. If you notice a true heart-centered entrepreneur, this is probably a bad example, but a true heart-centered entrepreneur will probably do what we do. I do not discovery calls, but I do free strategy calls with people. So they can book a chance with me, uh, book time with me to talk through any challenge they've got around marketing and I'll give them a clear direction. And then you get to the end of that 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, wait, I probably should have told you about what I do. Look, if you need support, come back and get me. Um, so I actually forget to do the sales part of a call at the end of it because I genuinely just wanted to help the person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had calls with people who are like, okay, so this is what it is. It looks like we're a good fit. Yeah. You know, you know how much it costs. You know some people who are in my program. Why don't you talk to them and ask them these questions? We'll schedule. Right. We're going to talk again in a week. She's like, you know, she told me, she's like, I know you like yeah. to meditate and you journal and stuff. So please do that. Ping me with any questions. And then that was it. She was like, we are going to get off the phone now. And you are going to go do you and think about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. Thank you. It's, just, it's a completely different experience. That so is good. Yeah. thank you for that. All right. Yeah. So what do people do now? Right. Like they're like, man, I've heard all this about Vince and I'm super pumped. You know, what would be like, is it that free strategy call? Like, is that where people should go? Yeah. Look, I mean, ch- check out, obviously, check out my stuff. Come and join me in my Facebook group and things. You'll see a lot of free stuff in there. I get told off all the time for how much free stuff I do. <laughs> um, I did a PR masterclass in there teaching people how to get press and get featured on Forbes and Entrepreneur. And at the end of the class, one of my coaches just reached out to me and went, are you, are you an idiot, Vince? Like, seriously, you could have charged for that stuff. And I went, yeah, but just because I've taught it doesn't mean they don't want to work with me. And the more I give to me, I believe in this whole karmic marketing approach, which is why if you come and join my group, you'll see all the free stuff in there. Get that free strategy call with me. It helps you to understand what it's like to work with me. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, I'm as much as you looking at me as a coach and going, is he, is he genuinely heart-centered? Uh, is he genuinely a right fit for me? I'm doing the same with yes. you. I'm going, is this somebody that I know I can help? If I know I can't help you, I'm never, ever going to offer you to work with me. So, so book a free strategy call with me, go into my Facebook group, check out all the different masterclasses in there. You will see what it's like to work with me. And if that's a good fit with you, then we can have a conversation. If not, hey, what's the worst that's happened? I've helped you. That is absolutely amazing. So we're going to have that link, uh, you know, for Vince's resources, as well as the strategy call session in the show notes. Definitely go check those things out. I feel like at a minimum, you will at least have a high quality Facebook group and an amazing podcast to add to your subscription so you can continue consuming his content. Because I think a lot of times, if it's not a yes, it could also be a not right now. Or maybe you're like, hey, I've been 
burned. Let me really feel this person out. And that's totally fine. Right. That's the whole point of this episode. So Vince, thanks so much for coming on and and sharing this. Like I said, it's, it's very much a validation for me and probably for some of the people who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know, who don't have as much time in the industry to hear that, you know, you see it too and you want to do something about it. So just thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Ruthie. This has been way too much fun. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.